Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Scott Cullen. You have seen my work in The Athletic and McKean's Hockey, as well as for many years on TSN.ca. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL Podcast. Jody Biazzi, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to Locked On NHL Podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. So as we continue our off-season reports uh, here on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, we are up to the Ottawa Senators as working our way back uh, from the end of the alphabet. And the Sens, uh, well, you know, they had a decent finish last season. It might have provided a little bit of optimism uh, heading into next season. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure that when we go through this whole roster that you're going to feel uh, like th- this should be a, a contending team uh, just yet. Uh, so let's start. Uh, first line. Left wing, uh, the star of the team, uh, Brady Tuchuk, who is a, a rising star, physical presence, elite shot generator, and at the same time has only scored on 8.7% of his shots uh, in his career. 7.7% last season. He is a prime candidate to break out if he has a season with uh, a bit of a spike in shooting percentage. You know, If he all of a sudden sh- scores on 12 or 13% of his shots, uh, things will look a whole lot different. And now uh, Tuchuk is still uh, looking uh, for a new deal. Uh, and that uh, negotiation is ongoing. Uh, but, I mean, if you're the Senators and you have uh, hopes of building around uh, kind of this young core, uh, Brady Tuchuk is the uh, big piece in that young core uh, to build around. So it, if the Senators can't work out a deal uh, for Tuchuk, uh, that's going to be a massive uh, problem uh, for their rebuilding plan. Uh, but uh, as it is, uh, he is... Uh, one of the very core pieces uh, of this team, uh, along with uh, center Josh Norris, who had a strong rookie season, 35 points in 56 games. Um, but Norris also might be more likely to be a number two center on a playoff team. I just don't know if his ceiling is high enough uh, offensively, and maybe it is, um, but uh, I think that's sort of the, the challenge that Norris is facing uh, is, uh, you know, if he's a guy who, who puts up 50 points, well, that you you're probably expecting that more out of a second line center uh, on, on a playoff team. You know, mo- most of the uh, top playoff teams, their number one centers are scoring more than that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, well, I guess we'll see uh, how, how Josh Norris develops. He had a really strong season in the AHL a couple of years ago uh, and then had a, a nice rookie season. So I, I don't want to, you know, put, put a limitation on, on uh, where he can go. Uh, but uh, at this point, uh, it, it might be asking a lot for him to be uh, a number one center uh, every night. Uh, on the right side, uh, we've got Drake Batherson uh, coming off a solid rookie season. He also had 35 points in 56 games. Uh, generally pushes play in the right direction, has good size, um, and earned himself a, a nice contract extension from the Sens. Six years, $29.85 million. Uh, so that, that should make Batherson a fixture uh, on a scoring line for Ottawa for years to come. You know, that, so as you can see, th- this is a very young group. Uh, when their top line is a you know a couple of guys who are coming off rookie seasons, and then Brady Tuchuk, who's like 22 years old, so uh, there's uh, you know a, a lot of youth uh, leading the way here for Ottawa. So let's move to the second line. Well, we've got uh, left winger Tim Stutzla. Uh, when we're talking about uh, youth, uh, he showed plenty of promise as a rookie, and Stutzla is still just 19, uh, but there's still plenty of room for him to develop. 
uh, before making a, a real positive impact. And that's not unusual, you know, for a player who uh, jumped straight to the NHL after getting drafted. He had 29 points in 53 games and was showed creativity uh, that makes you think that, yes, there's a, there's a high offensive ceiling here uh, for Stutzla. Uh, at the same time, his defensive uh, play probably needs some improvement. But uh, I think, you know, the, the general takeaway from his rookie season is very positive. Uh, and so uh, in his second season, the, the hope will be that he can uh, handle more responsibility, maybe put up a little bit more uh, offense and uh, and uh, improve his defensive game and kind of, you know, develop into uh, a potential star here. And that, that's the, the hope. Uh, at center, uh, we've got Colin White, who is basically a reliable checking center. If, if he ends up being the second line center here for, for Ottawa, he might be a bit miscast. Uh, because I don't know about White's offensive upside, whether he'll score enough uh, to really be a um, you know a number two center. At the same time, if if you're the Senators and you have a defensively responsible center in your middle six, it's not the worst problem uh, to have. Uh, and then on the right side, we've got Connor Brown, who scored a career high 21 goals last season, which is pretty great in a shortened season, uh, and that includes five short-handed goals, uh, which led the league. Uh, and Brown is a useful two-way winger, led the Sens forwards in ice time last season at 18-15. Uh, per game. Uh, and so, well, you can, you know, kind of question whether or not the Sens have uh, a, enough offensive firepower. Uh, you can see that, you know, they, they've got some young guys who are kind of on the way up uh, that, you know, at, at any point uh, could have a, a breakthrough. And, and then, you know, maybe, maybe the, the questions about their offensive firepower uh, would start to fade away. Uh, to the third line, uh, we'll start with left winger Nick Paul, a big, strong winger uh, who. Really took his time to develop. Uh, the the Sens uh, got to, managed to pass him through waivers, uh, but has, has developed into a really quality checking forward. Uh, he might be a little limited offensively. Uh, coming up back-to-back season in which he has 20 points in 56 games. Um, but overall, Paul kind of holds his own in terms of shots and scoring chances against, uh, despite uh, a defensive deployment. You know, more, more zone starts uh, in the defensive zone and... Uh, and so Nick Paul has really kind of earned himself uh, a regular spot in the Ottawa lineup. Uh, now at center here uh, on the third line, I've, I've kind of penciled in Shane Pinto, uh, who had seven points in 12 games at the end of last season uh, with the Senators, uh, had 32 points in 28 games at the University of North Dakota. Uh, and, you know, Pinto was the 32nd pick in the 2019 draft. And, and so obviously expectations are reasonably high for him. Uh, but... You know, can he just make the jump from from college straight to the NHL and then uh, continue playing uh, in in a top nine role, say, uh, for the Sens right away next season? Maybe he can, and and if he does, uh, you know, Pinto might have a little bit more offensive upside that uh, that he could uh, move up the depth chart uh, as he uh, kind of matures in in, in his NHL uh, game. So. Uh, Shane Pinto, I've got him kind of penciled in as the third-line center, but uh, there's a fair bit of variance on what you might expect from Pinto uh, coming this season. Now, on the right side, have got Austin Watson, who, I mean, he's an agitator, plays a physical game, uh, but he also might be more suited to a fourth-line role. I think the question would be, you know, who, who then would move up uh, to the third line? But we'll discuss kind of some of the other candidates uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, but... I think uh, when you when you start to move down uh, the Sens lineup, you might see that their depth uh, isn't quite uh, the same as some of the better teams. Uh, now, on the fourth line, uh, we've got left winger Alex Formanton, uh, prospect who has good size, great speed, uh, had six points in 20 games for Ottawa last season, 
possession numbers weren't great though. Um, and I guess at this point, Formington has kind of been a knocking on the door kind of prospect for a while. Uh, he's 22 years old. Probably this season is a good season to, you know, find, find out whether or not he can sink or swim, uh, as an NHL regular. Uh, and then at center, we've got Chris Tierney. Now Tierney, uh, had before last season, he had 125 points in the, in the previous three seasons, uh, you know, decent source of secondary offense. Uh, but last season he had 19 points in 55 games. Uh, and I think, uh, Tierney does provide a bit of an insurance policy for the Sens. Like if Shane Pinto, uh, isn't ready, uh, Tierney could move up the depth chart if, uh, if they, they need somebody else in the middle six, uh, if, if Colin White and, uh, and they need somebody else to kind of fill a checking role, uh, Tierney can do that. Uh, and so, um, not, not as though he's, uh, a, a star by any stretch, but I also think he, he, he might be better than a, a basic fourth line center too. Um, now on the right side, on the fourth line, I'm sitting here with Logan Brown and, uh, in some ways this is, you don't know where to put him. Maybe, maybe he plays up on the, on the third line and Austin Watson plays on the fourth. Uh, but Brown is a perennial prospect. He has one goal and eight assists in 30 career NHL games, but the past two seasons, he also has 37 points in 38 AHL games, you know, a big talented player. He's six foot six. It, it doesn't really seem like the fourth line would be a spot for ideal deployment. Uh, but I also think there's tons of uncertainty on whether Logan Brown even plays. Uh, for Ottawa, and and so uh, that there's, you know, there there are some battles uh, to be waged, I guess, when it comes to uh, who is going to be a regular uh, for Ottawa this season. Um, but you, you have to think that uh, the you know time time is running out here on Logan Brown, whether or not he's going to uh, make things work with the sense. Now, who else could be in the mix uh, up front? Well, there's Clark Bishop, uh, has kind of been a, a fourth line center who's uh, seen a little bit of time. Uh, in the National Hockey League, but uh, has not established himself yet. Pontus Aberg uh, coming back uh, to North America, and and he has had he's had kind of brief stints with success uh, in in previous stops uh, in the NHL, but hasn't really been able to sustain it uh, over a long run. But uh, he's not he's not a bad guy to have if you're, if you're Ottawa to have him in the American Hockey League and able to recall. Um, in, in the event of injuries or just the fact you you might need another scoring winger at some point. Uh, and winger Cole Sherwood, another guy who's uh, kind of been toiling uh, on the bubble uh, between the American Hockey League and the NHL. And, uh, and Sherwood will probably you know be in that mix uh, for Ottawa, whether it's to, to earn a, a spot as an extra forward or uh, to start the season in the American Hockey League and ready to be called up. So when you go through kind of the overall uh, Ottawa forward group, you know, there, there are plenty of reasons to be optimistic and, and feel uh, hopeful. But I think when you compare it to, you know, teams that have been making the playoffs consistently, uh, this doesn't look like a group that has uh, enough horses uh, up front to uh, to kind of keep pace. And, you know, the, it's such a young core uh, that it, it's probably just going to take some time. And, I mean, you still need to supplement around that core. Uh, but, you know, you let Brady Tuchuk and Josh Norris and Drake Batherson and Tim Stutzla, let them all develop. Uh, and, and hope that Shane Pinto can uh, evolve and, and become a, a scoring center in the National Hockey League. That would be great. Hope that Logan Brown finally makes it. Like there, you know, there are lots of lots of potential here uh, for things to work out for Ottawa. But at the same time, uh, if you're kind of making bets on on this Ottawa Senators forward group, uh, it still seems like they're uh, not quite established enough uh, 
to expect them to be contenders. So uh, after this, we will uh, take a look at defense and goaltending, see if we, we have any uh, different verdict there. All right, hockey fans, now I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrax. Fantrax is free. NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today, and as a special offer for Locked On fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax, is the most customizable fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper in dynasty leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? If you've had leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax Commissioner Tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, offering hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all of their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right, let's check things out on the Ottawa Senators' blue line. And we'll start with Thomas Shabbat, quality puck-moving defenseman who can QB a power play, though he had just seven power play points last season. Uh, Shabbat's defensive impacts kind of fluctuate from year to year. So when they're good, Shabbat looks like a legit number one defenseman. When they're, when they're not so good, well... Uh, that's when the question marks really start uh, coming. And, and so uh, given the the Senators' investment in Shabbat, they kind of need him uh, to be a, a legit number one. Uh, now on, on the right side there, it looks like Nikita Zaitsev. Well, you know, Zaitsev is still not good. Uh, his impacts last season were probably a little bit more favorable. I think the indicator uh, for whether the Sens are really playoff contenders or not will probably be tied to Zaitsev ice his ice time. If if he's still logging more than 22 minutes per game, that's likely a problem. Uh, you know, in the past two seasons with Ottawa, Zaitsev uh, has been outscored 100 to 61 uh, during five-on-five play, uh, and that's you know that's pretty lopsided for a guy that you're going to trot out there for uh, 22 minutes a night. And so, you know, yeah, yes, uh, y- you need veteran guys who can uh, add some stability back there. Uh, I don't know that Zaitsev is necessarily doing that. Um, Second pair. Well, we're already into kind of questionable territory, uh, but let's try Victor Mete, uh, who's a mobile defenseman who uh, is not not remotely a physical presence uh, on the blue line, but 
the heads up puck mover uh, and has had really positive results throughout his career. Uh, first in Montreal, now in Ottawa. Uh, in his career, Mete, uh, Mete's team has outscored the opponents 131-98 to uh, during 5-on-5 five five play. Now, <laughs> even so, uh, he fell out of favor in Montreal uh, and ultimately just ended up on waivers. Uh, and, you know, some of that was, I think, Montreal just wanted big defensemen, and Victor Mete's not a big defenseman. And uh, you can see whether or not uh, he'll be able to kind of withstand uh, the grind uh, of being a regular on that Ottawa blue line this year, but his early returns in Ottawa last year were pretty solid. So uh, w- worth a look to see whether Victor Mete, Mete can develop into something, uh, but there's obviously some risk uh, given uh, kind of his, his status over the past year or two. Uh, and then on the right side of the second pair, we'll look at Artem Zub, uh, who had a decent rookie season and, and could be looking at much more responsibility in his second season. Uh, Zub has good size, can play the body, uh, and like any of the uh, young Sens defensemen, they're probably better off if Zub can develop into a legit top four uh, defenseman and because it, <laughs> it doesn't really look like Ottawa has uh, great options uh, in their top four. Uh, I mean, Thomas Shabbat looks like uh, uh, one good one, uh, but beyond that, a lot of question marks. And so uh, if Zub and Mete uh, can develop and, and really fulfill those roles, terrific. Uh, but I mean, there's certainly some some risk involved that uh, they might not uh, be legit top four defensemen. Uh, Now, to the third pair, uh, where we're throwing a couple of veterans, and maybe these guys end up higher on the depth chart, uh, but they were brought in uh, to bring some stability uh, to the Ottawa blue line. And we've got Michael Delzato. Uh, This is uh, the Sens or Delzato's fifth team in the past four seasons, the eighth team of his career. Uh, And he's been a decent puck mover throughout his career, but, you know, sometimes he can be pretty shaky defensively. Uh, as a third pair guy, uh, where his usage can be sheltered a little bit, uh, Delzato might not be too bad. Uh, then there's Nick Holden, who kind of fell out of favor in Vegas, but his play um, when he was in the lineup was actually solid. Uh, and so it's not as though Nick Holden is going to be a star, uh, but he was brought in to provide some stability, and that is a pretty reasonable position to take. That uh, uh, Delzato and Holden, you know, might might add some stability to the the Sens lineup. Uh, at the same time, it, it's kind of, kind of telling uh, that uh, players like Delzato and Holden, who are kind of uh, fringy uh, uh, in the lineup NHLers, uh, will still uh, add stability to this Ottawa defense. Uh, now the question is, uh, could Eric Brandstrom find his way into that mix? Well, he he could just as easily end up on that second pair uh, in, instead of Mete, uh, for example, uh, and. You know, Branstrom's 22 years old, but has kind of been knocking on the door here as a prospect for a while. And the question is, is he going to be able to put it all together and become a legit top four defenseman? Um, and and he could at least get that opportunity this year. Moves the puck pretty well, can skate. Now his defensive play could use some work. And, you know, that's, you know, not, not unusual, I guess, for a, a young puck moving defenseman. Uh, but if Branstrom is, you know, seriously going to be a top four defenseman in the NHL, he has to round out his game and... and uh, you know, maybe he battles Mete for a spot, as I said, in the top four. Um, but uh, there's uh, there's going to be some jobs to be won, I suppose, on, on the uh, Ottawa blue line. Because uh, if Michael Delzato and Nick Holden are, are going to hold a couple of spots in that top six, uh, then it's going to be up to uh, Brandstrom and Mete and Zub uh, to, to kind of battle things out to ensure that they... Um, you know, get regular playing time on, on this defense. Now, Josh Brown is also on the roster, uh, but it does seem like he's he's sort of destined to be uh, an extra defenseman uh, at this point. Uh, now, to the goaltending uh, for Ottawa. And, look, Matt Murray had two Stanley Cup wins to start his career. 
but his past couple of seasons have been pretty rough. He has an 895 save percentage in 65 games. Uh, now, it's not as though he couldn't get that get it back uh, to where he was before. Uh, he's 27 years old, uh, but he's also a 27-year-old who has had back-to-back subpar seasons. Um, and, and then the Sens uh, are, have already given uh, Murray a contract extension before last season, uh, whether it was you know the smart play or deserved or, or not. Um, but because of that, uh, Murray is probably going to have some runway uh, to work things out. And uh, if, if you're Ottawa and you're kind of hoping to, uh, to surprise next season, uh, I think the way to, to get there would be to have Matt Murray uh, bounce back and, and perform at a really high level uh, in goal. That would probably be the easiest way uh, for the Sens to you know, close the gap on playoff teams. Uh, if Murray continues to struggle uh, and has a save percentage under 900, well, it, it's probably going to be another long season. Uh, now, set to be his backup uh, is Anton Forsberg. Uh, 28-year-old who traveled through waivers quite a bit uh, last season. Has a 902 save percentage in 56 career NHL games. Forsberg is probably not an ideal backup, but when you're the in the position of the Senators right now, um, you're probably just fine uh, letting Anton Forsberg take a shot at this. Uh, and uh, if uh, ultimately if, uh, if Philip Gustafson uh, becomes, you know, a... Uh, the backup or, or challenges Murray for the starting job, you know, that, that can change things uh, in the crease uh, for uh, the Sens. Uh, but as it is, if they start the season with Murray and Forsberg, uh, it's, it's okay, I suppose. Uh, but it's also, there's a potential there that uh, goaltending is going to be a, a problem area uh, for the Sens. And so uh, that that's why a prospect like uh, Philip Gustafson becomes interesting because uh, Gustafson in... Uh, in nine games for the Sens last year, had 9.33 save percentage, and now super small sample, and, and you don't want to get carried away with that. Um, but um, if, if he can develop and, and give the Senators another option uh, in goal, uh, that would probably be for the best. Uh, so uh, now, after we've covered defense and goaltending, we feel any more optimistic about the Ottawa Senators? Mm, I don't think so. Um, and you know that there's, you know, you can feel like there's promise and hope and, and, and you can be optimistic about the development of Victor Mete and Artem Zub and, and Eric Brandstrom, uh, but you have to acknowledge that there's also the risk that, that any of those guys uh, could struggle and, uh, and be uh, areas that uh, need to be addressed uh, if the Senators are going to be uh, real contenders uh, for a playoff spot. So uh, it just, it does seem like there are a lot of question marks uh, throughout the roster and that's from forwards to uh, defense to goaltending. Uh, and so I guess we will, uh, uh, when we come back, we will take a look at special teams, uh, some remaining needs for the Sens, and that, that's actually maybe a longer list than it is for most teams. Uh, and then a look at their prospects before uh, uh, passing judgment on where you think uh, the Sens will finish uh, this season. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example... Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store. At Rock Auto, it's $216. That is more money going in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. 
Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and they have so many delicious flavors. They have coconut and cherry barcia and raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Well, my favorite is salted caramel, but that is such a great variety. There's really something for everyone there. Uh, So not only do you have these great flavors, you cover them 100% chocolate, so they taste great. Uh, And if you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box from Built Bar. They'll give you two of each. You can sample them, decide which ones you like, and then order more of those. Uh, Because not only are these bars great tasting, they are healthy too. Built Bars are loaded with protein. They're low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs. Amazing flavors, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's check in on the special teams of the Ottawa Senators. And you know the Sens have struggled in recent seasons, uh, but uh, the the special teams have been uh, particularly bad. Uh, so they're five on four play in the past three seasons. Uh, ranks 29th in shots per 60, 47.2. Uh, 19th in expected goals per 60, 5.99. That's actually not too bad uh, given given the low shot volume. Uh, and then in actual goals per 60, uh, they are 25th with 5.54. Uh, and so uh, some of this is that you've got really young guys who are not established in the league as um, you know, as legit scorers, guys you can count on uh, to run the power play, and that's kind of where the sends are uh, at this point. And, you know, it might take some time uh, for uh, their top young players to uh, establish that they can be uh, consistent threats on the power play. Uh, but as it is right now, uh, that's definitely an area in need of improvement. Well, not to be left out, how about the penalty killing? Well, over the past three years, during four-on-five play, uh, the Sens ranked 28th uh, in shot attempts against per 60, uh, 100.6, 29th in shots against per 60, 56.7, 23rd in expected goals against per 60, 6.61, and 30th in actual goals against per 60 at 7.90. Uh, so that's uh, that's rough. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know that uh, you, you can expect the Sens to you know make this climb from uh, also rands into uh, playoff contention without expecting massive improvement. Uh, on special teams, uh, because you know they're already fighting uphill uh, during five-on-five play. Uh, to, to be doing that and then trying to overcome uh, these uh, kind of terrible special teams numbers—that's uh, that's a lot to ask. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where where you sit with the sends on special teams. What are their remaining needs uh, heading into this season? Well, they could use some legit top four defensemen. Uh, right now, it kind of looks like a lot of third-pair guys skating with <laughs> behind Thomas Shabbat uh, and. If, if Matt Murray doesn't bounce back, well, then they probably need a goaltender. And uh, the Sens probably could use at least one more star forward uh, to lead their attack. But that does seem like a lot of holes uh, going into the season. So we'll, uh, um, you know, let's take a look at the prospects. And, and this is, you know, one area that's rather positive here for, for the Sens is that uh, they've got a lot of young guys who are, are going to get a chance to play. And some uh, already... Uh, are kind of penciled into to spots on their roster. Uh, their top prospect, Jake Sanderson, is still in college. So, you know, if he sees time in the NHL this year, it's going to be at the end of the season. Uh, but uh, who else uh, is in the mix? So let's start with center Shane Pinto. Uh, had 32 points in 28 games at North Dakota uh, in the NCAA. Uh, got, got a late season audition with the Sens where he had seven points in 12 games. Uh, and 
you know, that was reasonably encouraging. And, and I think uh, there's an opportunity here for uh, the Sens to, you know, give Pinto a bit of a long leash uh, to come in and, and see if he can uh, produce uh, at the NHL level and, uh, and basically hold his own uh, when given that more responsibility. Uh, but uh, there, the opportunity is there uh, for Pinto. Then there's defenseman Eric Brandstrom, who uh, started last season in Switzerland, had eight points in 10 games uh, there. Uh, did end up in, in the American Hockey League for a short stretch where he had five assists in four games. Uh, but he also had 13 points in 30 games for the Sens. And yes, there are defensive questions about uh, Brandstrom, um, but uh, I think it, when you're a team like the Sens and, and you're uh, trying to develop long-term, you might have to live with some of the mistakes from uh, your young defenseman uh, because you, you, you would rather find out if Eric Brandstrom can be a legit top four guy uh, than have you know the likes of Michael Delzato or Nick Holden uh, taking ice time uh, from him this season. So, um, we will see uh, how the Sens plan to uh, sort out their their blue line. But Eric Brandstrom is probably still worth keeping an eye on. Uh, left winger Alex Formanton, uh, who had uh, four goals in 13 games with Belleville in the American Hockey League uh, last season, had six points in 20 games uh, with the Sens. Uh, he has been kind of knocking on the door for a bit and. Uh, uh, I think that this season, at the very least, he should get a shot on uh, as a checker, whether it's just on a fourth line role, uh, to get things started uh, and see if uh, if he can use his speed and aggressiveness and size and uh, really push the forecheck uh, and see what kind of impact he, he can have uh, over the long haul. Uh, defenseman Jacob Bernard Docker, uh, who uh, was also at North Dakota, that's the, the Sens do all their scouting, it seems. Uh, uh, Bernard Docker had uh, 18 points in 27 games. Uh, at North Dakota, uh, got into a handful of games at the end of the year for the Sens. Uh, his results in, in those five games were not great, but you know, super small sample, and he probably should uh, go to the American Hockey League this year, play a bunch, uh, and then see uh, if he's ready uh, to, to join the Sens' blue line, and, and who knows what the Senators' blue line uh, will be looking like by later uh, in the season. Uh, then there's also right winger Logan Brown. Now, I mean, Brown is listed as a center, uh, but I, I would be surprised if he ends up being a center uh, in the National Hockey League. He had nine points in 13 games for Belleville in the American Hockey League last year. Got into one game for, for Ottawa. Uh, but he's been a perennial prospect uh, for a while. And uh, and has been. I think he's been frustrated. I think the Sens have been frustrated. Uh, and so the, they're probably, their relationship is probably coming to a head. Uh, and whether that's uh, with Brown getting a, a legit opportunity uh, on the Ottawa roster or uh, if he gets sent, uh, sent elsewhere uh, and, and gets a, a new opportunity on another team. Um, but, and then uh, if, if you know, the goaltending uh, continues to be an issue, uh, Philip Gustafson uh, would have to be considered. Uh, a, a prospect uh, of a note uh, for the Sens. Uh, he had played 13 games in the American Hockey League last year, had a 9-10 save percentage. Uh, he played in the Allsvenskan uh, League in Sweden last year, had, had a 9-19 save percentage in 19 games there, uh, and then had a 9-33 save percentage in nine games for Ottawa. Um, now, he's, I don't know that uh, he's necessarily uh, ready uh, to be a, a full-time NHL goaltender. He's 23 years old, uh, and... You know, literally the the season before, uh, his numbers weren't that great in the American Hockey League, uh, and and so, you know, how how much uh, weight can you put on uh, this season where he bounced around between three teams, uh, and now the results were were much better last season. 
Uh, and so you can, you can kind of hold out hope that Gustafson uh, turned a corner in his development and, and uh, could be on the path to being a, a number one goaltender in the National Hockey League. Uh, and, you know, if, if Matt Murray doesn't get things sorted out, uh, then the Sens are going to need uh, Philip Gustafson to be that guy. So uh, my, my guess is, is that Gustafson starts the American Hockey League and plays a lot. Uh, and if, if he continues to deliver strong results, well, then that uh, uh, would give uh, the Sens an option uh, if, uh, if uh, Murray uh, doesn't get things fixed uh, in goal. Uh, and so ultimately, when we go through this whole Sens roster, are they a playoff team? Are they a playoff contender? Are they in the lottery again? Well, while Eugene Melnick might think the rebuild is over, uh, it sure doesn't look that way. <laughs> Um, you know, they made some progress and finished well last season, uh, you know, played respectably down the stretch, but when you go through the roster, this doesn't look like they should realistically have playoff expectations. Uh, question really should be more along the lines of whether the Sens are a high lottery team again, which is probably the most likely scenario, or if they're capable of kind of staying in the playoff hunt, uh, for a while and, and, you know, maybe bridging the gap between the, the high lottery teams and, and the playoff teams. Uh, but. Uh, I think the, the most likely scenario is that the Sens are, uh, are a lottery team once again, and they probably need to be uh, a lottery team and hope that they can get a star with an early pick uh, and and add that to what is still a promising young core. The, uh, I'm, well, I, I might sound rather negative on, on the outlook for the Ottawa Senators. That's uh, an outlook for this coming season. Uh, when we're talking long-term, there's reason to be optimistic. I, I fully admit that. Uh, and so uh, let's hope let's hope that this season the Sens uh, continue to develop and, and their young players uh, take steps forward uh, and then kind of see where that leads them. Uh, but that will do it for today. Uh, come back uh, to the next uh, Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast. We will uh, be on to the New York Rangers, which should uh, be interesting enough. Uh, and also check out the Locked on Fantasy baseball podcast as uh, we head down the stretch of uh, baseball season, but listen to both podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Betting on the National Hockey League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.